This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, October 28th. Brought to you by Rommel AgriFinance. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's satellites. A carb pesticide ban? Fresno dethroned. The drought that won't stop and sentences in forced labor case. Petition pushes CARB to ban fumigate. Environmental groups filed a petition with the Air Resources Board on yesterday to phase out the use of insecticides, sulfuryl fluoride. The fumigate is used extensively in California to control termites in buildings, but it is occasionally applied to food commodities like almonds, pistachios, walnuts, dried fruit, and grains. In their petition, Californians for Pesticide Reform and the Center for Biological Diversity charged that the pesticide is a potent greenhouse gas. The ban would provide the same benefits as taking a million cars off of the road, they claimed. Keep in mind, a carb ruling on this fumigant could build a case for air quality agency as well to act on agricultural products like 1,3-D or Telone. Earlier this year, environmental groups failed to convince CARB to regulate pesticide emissions in its climate scoping plan. On that note, the anti-pesticide group has teamed up with the Natural Resources Defense Council to push for more environmental policies in the Farm Bill. They seek to boost resources for organic agriculture to steer farmers away from using conventional pesticides. Fresno loses top ag spot to Kern and Tulare. Kern and Tulare counties have overtaken Fresno County in agriculture value, that according to the latest crop reports. Kern brought in $8.3 billion in gross revenue in 2021, a 9% increase over the prior year at about $300 million more than Tulare, which edged slightly ahead of Fresno. Tulare's production value jumped a whopping 13% in one year. Fresno was up less than 2%, but did break $8 billion for the first time, despite widespread water scarcity. Fresno's status was tied closely to almond prices, while Kern leaned heavily on grape values, and Tulare was a top milk producer. USFS got help from weather this year. The Forest Servant has got some help from favorable weather patterns this year. That factor, plus some strategic pre-positioning of firefighting resources, means the country hasn't seen those large, devastating fires of recent years. Associate USFS Chief Angela Coleman says in an interview for AgriPulse Newsmakers. In the Southwest, we did see some pretty devastating activity, but by and large, the agency was very aggressive in the initial attack and it paid off with the help of the weather, with the help of our resources being pre-positioned, she said. Newsmakers will be available today at agripulse.com. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. When you work with Rabo AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value, connecting vision, Robo AgriFinance. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak.
forced labor scheme brings jail time. A federal judge has sentenced two former labor contractors to time in prison and another to eight months of home detention for their roles in a federal racketeering conspiracy that victimized more than a dozen Mexican H-2A workers. U.S. District Court Judge Charlene Edwards Honeywell of Florida's Middle District sentenced Christina Gamez to 37 months and Efron Cambera Rodas to 41 months for, among other things, subjecting visa workers to forced labor and harboring workers for financial gain. Guadalupe Mendez Mendoza was sentenced to eight months of home detention in order to pay a $5,500 fine. Gamez and Cabrera were ordered to pay fines of $25,000 and $9,000 respectfully. The three defendants were indicted by a grand jury last month for violating the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, conspiracy to commit forced labor, forced labor, and conspiracy to obstruct proceedings before departments, agencies, and committees. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Expanding drought heightens sweet concerns. Drought continues to spread across the country this fall, starting to raise concerns about winter wheat crops. According to this week's drought monitor, 63% of the continental U.S. is rated in moderate to exceptional drought. That's stage D1 to D4. That is the largest amount under drought since September 2012, when 65.5% was rated in the D1 to 4 range. If you add the areas that are rated abnormally dry, the total area that's dry or in drought tops 84%, the largest amount since the drought monitor started in 1999. All three major wheat regions, the Pacific Northwest, Central and Southern Plains, and the Mid-South and Lower Midwest, experiencing varying degrees of dryness, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. Rippey said we're seeing some difficulty with getting this 23 winter wheat crop emerged and established before dormancy during the winter months. At the end of last week, 49% of the winter wheat crop emerged, which is behind the five-year average rate of 56%. Now keep in mind, we're heading into the third straight winter with La Nina conditions, and that's expected to keep the drought going across the southwest, southern plains, and into the southeast. The last time that we had three straight La Ninas, well, that was 1998 to 2001. And before that, it was in the 1970s. Well, here's today's She Said It. We will now be able to vote away from the pressure of supervisors and foremen and avoid being targeted. That Cynthia Burgos a United Farm Workers advocate soliciting donations after Governor Newsom signed the Labor Group's card check bill last month. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, October 28th. Brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.